I want to thank you for this morning for being a part, being active. I thank you, Debbie, for picking that song. You know, we don't always realize how the Holy Spirit orchestrates what the Father wants to both say and do and create the atmosphere. Building his altar right here. Being the flower of the eggs. Participating in the prayer of the healing of this land. Restoration of all things, because this land must become sanctified, purified. Because doesn't his word say that he's coming to abide? He's preparing a dwelling place on earth. Amen. I'm going to ask you to, to uh, turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 42. And then I'm just going to ask if you would be in agreement with me as uh, I pray this morning, and if you would be willing to voice it along with me, I'll say it, and you can repeat it if you're willing. Because I, I thank you, Ben, if we get rid of that, yeah. Do I need to stop moving around? I'll hold still. How's that? Let's see if that. One, two, three, 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 one, two, three. Is that better? Oh, yeah, that's better. Better, better. Yep, yep. But I feel it's important. I want you to, and I love that song, I want you to recognize your identity and who you are, both in this house and the greater body of Christ and God's story and your story of who you are and the active part that we all have been invited to. Amen? Still a little bit of a ring, then, so I'll let you just, I'll just keep talking. I'll let you work it out. But if you'll just, because I, I so much want this to be personal for you this morning, so I'm going to try my best. If you'll just, as I pray, say, Father, I come to you this morning. I need to hear your voice. I'm your servant. And your servant needs to hear your voice. Father, I'm your messenger. I'm the living testimony. The living witness. That you are. That you are who you say you are. And who I'm coming to know. Personally. Of who you are. Amen. Yeah, today, the weeks, the months have been very provoking for me, but I, did you not enjoy YWAM last week and these young people? Now, I want to I wanna keep bringing you to another place of sight. I have to probably work at this a little bit. But as I said two weeks ago, things are not as they appear. These seven young people from YWAM have spent months, along with thousands others, in training. In training. And part of their DTS training was is to, as our granddaughter did, they would send them to other nations. And because of COVID, that wasn't available to them. 
So they sent them out to communities right here in the United States. Most of them thinking of all the stories of all the others that have gone to the nations, and we have heard of years how desperate these nations are for God. And then just the testimony of Marissa and those others that came. A little bit of a ring still, Ben. They went to Boston. Brazilian churches there and had a wonderful time. Then they ended up going up to Bangor, Maine, where Seth was. Mr. Pastor. All of a sudden, the oppression and the depression in the demonic realm almost overtook them. And so I know they were really excited, I'm sure, to get out of Bangor. Spent the night in New Hampshire, and then they came to Vermont thinking that, yes, we're going to find some relief. Guess what? It was even more difficult. So all the girls, there were five girls, decided to go up to Burlington. Still a little bit of a ring, man. They thought, well, we're going to just see if there's doors to open up and if there's shops and stuff and we can do that kind of thing. I'm not sure if it's the monitors or if it's the, the speaker itself. And so here they are, just a couple of opportunities to be able to actually speak to people about the Lord. But Marissa's testimony was is that she comes, she was supposed to drive back, ask someone else to drive. All she did was weep coming back. Now these are young people in 18, 19, 20, and of course the two other girls were you know, in their early 20s. Recognizing how desperate this nation is. No, I take that back. How desperate this nation should be for God. Most of this nation doesn't have a need for God. And so I want you to, if you really follow with me, because this is really, really important, and this is speaking to me, it's speaking to you, and hopefully whomever else has spiritual ear, but I want your ears to hear what I'm saying. For so long, right, the standard for laborers in the church, 80-20. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And I would imagine now with COVID, that's probably 90-10, or 95-5. And so what we begin to realize and see, the church has joined itself with the world. I'm going to say that again. The church has joined herself with the world. Order anything online or through the mail. Takes twice as long to get it. Oh, it's COVID. Go to the store. Look for a product. There's nothing on the shelf. Oh, it's COVID. We don't have any workers. Go to a restaurant. All kinds of empty tables. You got to wait, wait, wait. Oh, COVID. 
We don't have any laborers. I pondered because I want to be very careful with this, but I but I know how serious God is with it. When we get to to Isaiah 42, you'll understand what I'm saying. I've asked myself the question, I wonder how many Christians, because most of us understand that our mission field is the workplace. And if you don't realize that, you should hear it this morning. Your place of mission is your workplace. Not in this wall building. This is to do the work of the priesthood here. But the work, your mission field is out there. So I pondered how many, how many have left the mission field and have chosen not to return? Because of COVID. I wonder how many have enjoyed the opportunity to not have to go to work, but yet still receive income. And miss the opportunity to be the witness in your field. Because it's your field, it's not mine. I can't go into your field, huh? It's not my place. That's not my anointing. That's not my gifting. That's not where the grace of God is in my life. And so I... It's going to be difficult, but I'm trying to be real and I'm going to try to be happy with it. But ask yourself the question, I wonder how many people where the church has chosen not to be the church any longer and have basically either closed the doors or narrowed their outreach and or given it up altogether. And I'm wondering how many people have now, in their portion of a week, how much time do they actually give to the house, to their house, to the house of God? Because see, all of these settings where all of these companies are blaming it on there's no laborers, they just don't want to be accountable. They just don't want to account. They're the boss. They're the owner of the business. They want you to buy their product, but they're not taking responsibility for not getting you the product. All they want to do is come up with this COVID's problem. So I'm wondering in the church, how many people have also said, because I'm sure many of the churches, most of the churches have closed down their outreach. But there are we, those, that have been purposed in God, obviously going by that which we've been asked to do, the safeties and all the things that are important to keep in place. And then I began to think about, okay, how many hours, this is personal, but to the overall body of Christ, how many hours does a person devote to making a telephone or to a friend or just a word of encouragement? Because we can't do all this other stuff that we used to say we were busy with. Right? Oh, my days are so full and my week is so full. I'm sorry, Pastor, I just can't do that. Well, guess what? 
Many say that they got more time now than they ever had. How many hours do we spend in outreach? Hmm. A couple of days ago, whatever it was, they had uh, stated in the news, or I read it one or the other, that children's suicide in the state of Nevada is greater than those who have died from COVID-19 right now. So I wonder who's, whose field that is. I wonder if somebody just said, well, you know, it's COVID, and I just, uh, I just don't have time. I uh, need to abide by the laws of the state. Okay. I love you, Father. Depression, sickness. There is no greater time in the earth to be in your field that you're responsible for, that you have access to. There are relationships that you have that I will never have in your field. In your field of ministry. And then the last one will be, I'll take some of the weight off of you <coughs> after this. How many, how many have gone to their leadership and said, I have time, what can I do? Not being asked, but volunteering. You know what? Is there anything I can do? Because if you'll take that personally of every question and then compare that to how many hours you have in a day, in a week, and in a month, the scale really isn't very balanced. But more so, the opportunity field with the house, this family has their field as well, which is exponential. And so what part of the field is being neglected because, I mean, I mean look, there's Nancy in the food outreach. I mean, stop and think about it. They had about 10, I love you, Nancy. I love you. They had about 10 more people. Can you imagine what could be accomplished and the weight taken off of them and how more effective they could be in their field and their ministry field and their place of relationships? Let's go to Isaiah 42, because I'm hoping this will provoke you greatly, provoke you greatly, both in the spirit, in your spiritual hearing, the inner man, but also just in your natural hearing. Come on, Pastor, we love the Just word. because you are right here and you can hear my voice and you don't have to be spiritual. All you gotta do, right, Brian? All you gotta do is listen to the words. 
Because everything that's going on right now in the world, God is right in the center of it. Which includes COVID-19, the condition of this nation, the conditions of the nations. And I'm going to keep putting this nail in the coffin as long as I need to say it. I said in the beginning, the church has become aligned. It's become a part of the world. Back to Isaiah. I'm telling you, Babylon is coming down. And it has been. But I'm hoping that something will ignite in you because I'm hoping, because, you know, I could spend hours, but I can only talk about Isaiah 42 and 43. But you need to read it. Because it's a present now. We've talked about the prophetic word, and it has dispensations of times of fulfillment. Just because God spoke that word in the time period of Israel through Isaiah, then... Does his word return void? Does it fall to the ground? That word then reaches into where? The eternities. Until it has its ultimate, final, completed, layer upon layer, fulfillment. And that's when he comes. So we we are right now in an Isaiah 42, 43. And it can't can't be any clearer. (laughs) Because I'm always looking for something that will snag your thoughts. Rather than just saying, oh, great, okay, worship was good, and I saw Wayne, and boom, ah, it's all done now, Sunday's over. It's great to see the people, that was fun. Now, when we go to Isaiah 42, it's so incredible. I just love God's creative word pictures. Because Isaiah 42, God is using Isaiah to speak to the blindness of Israel. And who's Israel today? Right here. He was talking to Israel, which were the ten northern tribes, and he was talking to the southern tribes, Judah and Benjamin. Which is us today. 144,000 or what? 12,000 from each tribe. So if you're a dispensationalist and said that's thrown out, guess what? (laughs) We are of the tribes of Israel or Judah. But I want you to listen to this. Because when I'm talking about all the things that I just went through, that whole list of things, of how easy it is to be blind to all the things that I just described? Oh, that's not me. I'm tending my field. Are you kidding me? 
But, I got this to take care of. I got to bury my father. I got some cattle to take care of. I got some business to take care of. But, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing. I'm good. I'm good. What's so wonderful in this, these two scriptures, two, two chapters? It's very similar to what this young man was praying when he was asking us to be a part of the mix. God's the milk. Whether that's related to rivers of living water, I'm not sure what he was trying to say. But we weren't being asked to be the milk. We were being asked to bring the flour or the eggs. We were being asked to participate. Because God's going to accomplish his story. He will find a people that will respond. And so when he's speaking about blindness, in chapter 42, he's speaking of the blindness of his servants of Israel and the messengers. But what I want you to grasp, and this is pretty incredible, God describes himself as a woman in labor. Anybody? Anybody been around anybody that's a woman that's been in labor? See, this is, this is God talking to his people, Israel, of what he's about to do. Because he was going to remove their blindness that then they would recognize and the world would see that they are the witness of who he is. But I want you to I want you to just get this word picture. I want you to get this word. Listen to these words. This is just so incredible. This is uh, Isaiah 42, verse 14. I have been kept silent for a long time. Just about 6,000 years. I have kept still and restrained myself. I love this. Now like a woman in labor, I groan. I will both gasp and pant. Can you picture this? I keep trying to allow us to recognize things are not as they appear. Your sickness, my eye surgery, the condition of COVID, the things of this nation and the nations. God is in labor. All of creation travails and groans for what? The the revealing. And what's the revealing of the sons? It's the witness that he is. This is pretty profound for me. Because when you lift your eyes and look to see 
that every controversy that's been propagated over this last year, year and a half, is not as what it appears. If you want to just call that God groaning, or God gasping, or panting, because he's going to birth, he's going to bring forth the sons, the return of his son, and this nation will Respond. Trust me. Now go to verse 18. Now you can take this personal. This is the, this is the woman in labor. And she's talking to you. The Father's talking to all of us. Hear you, deaf, and look you blind that you may see. Who is blind but my servant? He was addressing Israel. Oh, so deaf as my messenger, whom I send. Who is so blind as he that is at peace with me? Or so blind as the servant of the Lord? You have seen many things, but you do not observe them. Your ears are open. No one hears. See this, whether it be YWAM, <clears throat> whether it be <laughs> every day there's this new uh, opportunity to have an adversary <laughs> and what's going on around you in this world they're all things that God is trying to awaken you and I that we might respond. Because what's so wonderful is, is that all of Isaiah 42 was truly all about getting his, his servants, his messengers, his chosen family, called out ones, the Hebrews that he chose as a Hebrew nation, to be a witness that he is the great I am. Verse 43, I formed you. I called you by name, you're mine. My witness. I'm hoping this just settles in the atmosphere for you and that you carry this with you. Because what you see outside of these walls, if it's riveted to the things of this temporal setting, you are not seeing your identity and what God is doing right now. Because what follows in chapter 43? Because in 42, I have to back up, he has set himself anything that quiets his messengers. He has set himself out as a woman in labor. And he is going to destroy anything that silences the testimony and the witness of who he is in the earth. I'm going to say that again. Can you imagine? God is a pregnant woman. 
running through every place that thinks that they're in charge. We've got this under control. We've got things the way we want them right now. We got it right in the grasp of our hand. We're about ready just to now set the trap. Can you imagine this pregnant woman coming in? <laughs> Can you imagine God saying, Oh, I'm groaning. This is God. This is the Father. This is your Father. And then you read in chapter 43, now that I got my witness in the earth, I'm going to destroy Babylon. I'm going to destroy its tentacles, its compromise, its false peace, its false success. What is this guy talking about in the worship? What did he say? That Israel was at peace with their Lord because <laughs> they were blind. They were willing to settle for less than being the true witness and the servants of God because God had prepared a way and he was going to destroy anything that stood in their way and it stood in their way to keep them from being that living testimony that he lives. And so I keep saying these things and I know that I, I know maybe in some ways that it doesn't quite fit into your, to your mold or your thinking right now. But I, have, but I have to say this. We are so dependent upon this world. We pray for Babylon to come down, come down, and we're talking about Babylon coming down, but guess what? You and I are part of Babylon. And this wake-up call, this call to be a witness, a living witness, is calling us to come out of her and don't allow the expectations of what we've often fallen into. Oh, what a blessing. Oh, what a blessing. PPP. Wow. Look at all this money I got. What a blessing. Really? Yes, it is a blessing if you know where your source comes from. Because he's granted you the opportunity to have a blessing, then praise the Lord. But if you're saying, oh my goodness, I want more from where that came from. Because when Babylon falls, everything else that is attached to it is taken with it. And so I'm going to try to encourage you, as I did a couple of weeks ago, Please put strength in the word. Not in what's going on around you. It is destined to fail you. Even as I said, unfortunately, look how many churches have closed their doors. And can you imagine, California now, they haven't had access Excuse me. They have chosen not to be in their field for almost a year and a half. And a judge last week says, it is not legal for you to keep the church from being the church in California. So who's going to redeem a year and a half? How many suicides? How many people have committed suicide? How many people decided to become an alcoholic or a druggie or whatever it is? Heroin addicts. 
Yeah. Wow is right. Because these are missed opportunities that you can't retrieve. You'll never get that time back. You'll never get those individuals back. Can you imagine all those elementary school kids in Nevada that are committing suicide, outnumbering the deaths of COVID, because people have, for some reason, forsaken the children. Obviously couldn't save every child, but my God, does that tell you what the condition of the church is? Or, as Isaiah says, you were deaf. But you call me your God, your Lord. You were blind, but you were okay with that. But that's what's so awesome about God. He's not going to leave us where we are. And so I want you to be encouraged. Because every time you think that you have some fear and trepidation to tell somebody about Jesus, God has gone before you to devour every spirit, anything that would try to challenge your message, your story, your witness, your testimony. That's the power of your witness. Because he's gone before you. And all you're doing is testifying about him and who he is. And so I want to encourage you. There's, um, there's a lot of things right now that I'm really challenging God with because I'm not really one in the 50-something years. I've never delved into the book of Revelation. I've looked at the scriptures. I've had an understanding, but eschatology and pre, mid, post, all those things have not really been an issue for me because I know it's real, it's inside of me, so uh, either it's going to be proven right or wrong or proven different, however you want to look. I haven't dwelled on it. And so many people, uh, you know, Howard Pittman, different people that have been an influence in my life, I, I listen to the information, I, I gather it, I ponder it, I put it on a shelf or whatever you will, I look at all those influences. But I would just like to encourage you In these coming days, would you just kind of narrow, don't be ADD, ADHD, try to narrow your focus just a little bit and say, okay, I'm going to look at this next month, next two months. I'm going to look to Passover. It gives us right into April. And say, rather than trying to have all of these vain imaginations, just picture, if you will, because I would think by now, it shouldn't be a question in your mind, if Babylon is coming down or not. That's one thing you can just look around and see. You don't need a spiritual eye, but align it with the Word. Because if we will focus on preparing ourselves for this time of Passover, recognizing the entanglements that we hold on to besides God, 
as our provider, emotionally, financially, all of these things. I'm not saying you have to quit your job, no, because he's given you that workplace that he can bless you with an income, but it's your mission field. But if you just take that for these next few months, just settle your spirit and start to focus on what life would look like for you, for this family, as things begin to change. Don't go into hyper gear and all this kind of stuff and the mark of the beast and all these. Don't even go there. I talked about before. Find people that you can trust. People that you can grow close to. And just talk about the good things of God and what he's doing and how grateful you are. And you recognize that his hand is upon you and that, yes, I have a story. And all I'm being asked is to be the witness, tell my story. And I know he's already gone and prepared the hearts before me. Do you think people are just coming in your, in your life just by chance? Do you think these seven young people, it was a nice thing to do, they were going to fill up their calendar? Because we, we actually let them come? These are all divine appointments. As a witness of who he is and how our lives are so connected to the closure, and I'm going to say this again, the closure of this church age. You may not see it in my lifetime. You might see it in yours. Because the fulfillment of his word is first and foremost. And that's one thing that you can hold on to. Amen? I would just encourage you. In the days ahead, we need laborers. In this house, in this valley, in this state, in the body of Christ. And God has come to awaken <laughs> all of us this morning. And so I just want to encourage you to respond. Respond. Because I don't want to, like I say, that's the reason why I haven't really, really concentrated on the, uh, the eschatology of revelations. But I have to say there are things that, that I believe I'm aware of now that I was never before. And I don't want to be blind to the things that I thought were. or have been told were. That's why I've been wrestling with things. Because I, we have to know. We've got to stand on solid ground. And so, he's here to do that. So I just encourage you, just, just respond. And don't get all spiritual. Just say, Lord, all right, I heard every word that you said this morning. 
And I declared with my own mouth, that was a little sneaky, I'm your servant. I'm your messenger. Because that's who you are. That's who you are. You spoke it this morning, you just affirmed, because he already knows that. What YOM said, we've come to encourage. What was the other word? Activate. Activate what? Puts a demand on a response from heaven and from us. Amen. So, Father, I hope, Father, I hope this, huh? Yeah. Amen. Yeah, you want to add something? Sure. Because you started earlier about the workplace is our field and mm -hmm. all that stuff. I'm going to give this back to you. Okay. I'm not yeah. taking this out right now. It's just a little comment. But, um, yeah, I really, uh, this word is such a, um, like I just saw you walking down this path, this Actually, it was a roadway, but it was so filled with debris that it looked like a path. But I saw you as you were preaching, you were kicking, you were kicking boulders. Like it was like you had superpowers, and you were kicking these boulders out of this, what I thought was a path. And then I realized, my gosh, it's, it's, a, it's almost like a highway. Um, and there's been so much of that dropped in front of us that we've just been kind of maneuvering like that. And um, I really felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit come on me. Um, you know, we have a lot of excuses, and I loved when you just referred to that story about the king that sent out the invitations. <laughs> For this big feast and this big hoopla, and uh, he sent out the ones that he knew, you know, and and nobody came because they had their reasons and their excuses. You know, it was all seemed very valid. And you have our excuses, and we've been given the grandest one. Hand it to it to us on a silver platter. Yeah. COVID. Yeah. But I was convicted, uh, I think it was last week, um, what are we doing? What, what are we doing with our message? What are we doing? You know, you really uh, released to us the power of conviction because if we do read Isaiah 42 and 43 and we take it personally, mm -hmm. not like an Old Testament story, mm -hmm. but this is now. Yeah, it is. And uh, I was convicted last week, but it brought it to mind. What are we doing with our time? What are we doing with our time? Which is what we think is our most It's filled up with workplace work, but what are we doing with the rest of it? 
because the workplace is our is a mission field, but I still have time left to go outside that field. What am I doing when I'm encountering things and I'm not being bold to give the message? You know, I was um, pondering what happened to us last week. We got a phone call in our kitchen on our landline. And not many people call our landline anymore. You know, we've got a landline, believe it or not. We have, our, we have a landline, and our name is in the phone book or on some, but somewhere. If someone has a phone book in their house, there we are, Lonnie and Kathy Janice. And our phone rang. And guess who it was? It was a Jehovah Witness that had taken the phone book and started calling people. Because we can't assemble. Imagine such an idea. You know? And just called to talk. Not pushy, not anything, just I wanted to call to tell you about God and share, and Lonnie answered the phone. I would have let it go. I would have waited to see who it was. Do I recognize that? Do you see what I'm saying? Because we're all suspicious. We don't want to talk. We don't want to spend time with anybody. But what if all these people that call us all the time that we're trying to get them to not call us, to sell us something, we just turn the conversation around and say, really, I'm really glad you did call me today because I asked God to put me in touch with people that may not know Jesus. Do you know Jesus? That's that's what I want to talk to you about. Do you know? And not run from those phone calls. But why 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 couldn't we do the same thing? If you're afraid to go in person, I really I thought about it this past week. Some people, oh, I just can't do it. I can't. I get in their face. I see their eyes. I can't do it. I can't say anything. Well, get on the phone. You don't have to see their eyes. You just know their name. And you can pray for them. You can tell them your name. And if they want to go farther, turn it into a Zoom Bible study. You know, they didn't have Zoom when the the Christians in China couldn't meet anymore. They met secretly because the law was against it. That's what built one of the greatest underground churches in the world is in China. Hidden away. We still can serve him. And so I wanted to... Listen, I loved it when you said, I wrote it down. Have you sent a card? Have you made a phone call? Have you made a meal? The Bible is filled with telling us to serve one another. That's one thing. But to serve God and be his messenger and his servant to go forth and share the message. So I just really thank you for this, and I think there will be more that God speaks to us about it.
But how can we call ourselves servants and messengers if we aren't? Well, like Israel did. That's what the scripture says. Oh, we're good with we're good with you, God. We're at peace with you. Yeah. We hear you. We're your messengers. Yeah. Father, we thank you. Seal this, Father, into the innermost part of our spirit, man. Write it upon our hearts. But Father, we choose today. We choose to respond. Respond to your voice and to your word. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, for